0: Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Welcome! Are you already loving tonight? Can you feel all the prayer? Like it just Don't you feel prayed for? Don't you feel safe? So glad you made it. You fought traffic and you made a way for someone else to come. Shout out to everyone who brought a friend. Yes, we're so glad you're here. And also joining us tonight through the screen is our Antigua sisterhood. We love you. We're so glad you are here with us in spirit. Pastor Whitney, we love you. Woo woo. Well, We are going to jump right in because I got a word on my heart. And so many things tried to come against me sharing this word tonight. So I'm excited about giving the enemy a black eye. John 15, verses 1 through 4. We're just going to jump right in. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. We've been in a series on the fruit of the spirit. It's online. If this is your first time, jump back in. But you haven't missed anything, meaning you'll be able to ride along with us. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Say cut off. Cut off. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean. Someone needed to hear that tonight. Someone came here either in Antigua or in Dallas, covered with shame, covered with guilt, ridden with fear. And you need to know that he has made you clean. Because of the word, I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Stay planted. Stay plugged in. Stay in relationships. It, is mu- Ooh, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And as I was thinking about that scripture, we've talked about it throughout this series. I thought sometimes when God is trying to cut things away from us and cut things off of our life so that we can bear more fruit, it's usually some things that we want to hold on to. But if we don't let go and release and allow him to prune us so that we can bear more fruit, the fruit that's on our vines will not flourish. And so don't despise the cutting. Don't despise the loneliness. Because the things that have been ripped away, it's actually going to bring glory in the end. Because you're going to flourish and you're going to grow and God's going to produce something new and fresh in you. And I think who here tonight, and you don't have to raise your hand, is just tired? Who here tonight almost thought about giving up? Who here tonight feels like your life is just barren and you wonder, God, can these dry bones live? Who here tonight has been through hell and back? Who here tonight has fought some battles? Am I talking to real women who have been through some real life? Or is everything just pretty and unicorns and Skittles for you every day? I'm talking to girls who have been through some stuff, girls who know how to fight, girls who decided I'm not gonna give up even though I wanna give up. I'm talking to real people tonight and I have a word on my heart to give you the grace and the strength to fight every battle that you're facing. It says here, I love this, go with me to 1 Kings 20. There's a story here that I'm going to set up, but I want you to read it later tonight because there's not any way that I could peel back all the layers, but I want you to read it tonight because it's powerful. Bottom line, as I just paraphrase the story, there's this bad guy. He's traumatizing God's kids, coming after him. The bad guy gets everybody confused and upset, and then they get counsel. Go with me to 2023. Here's the deal. They're in the middle of the battle. The gods of gods of the hills, their gods are God of the hills. That is why they were too strong for us. So the bad guy lost. He's trying to wrap his brain around why they didn't get the victory. And so he is talking about God's people, and he's trying to figure out how did they win? How did they get the victory? Their gods are the gods of the hills. Basically means God just shows up for them on when little things happen, but that God doesn't show up when they're going through crazy stuff. That is why they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we will be stronger than them. But this is what God said to the enemy. The man of God came up and told the king of Israel, this is what the Lord says. We got to listen to what the Lord says. Not what social media says, not what TV says, not what magazines say, but what the word says. Because the Armenians think that the Lord, think, is the God of the hills, And not the God of the valleys. How many people have ever been in a valley or in a valley? I will deliver this vast army into your hands and you will know that I am the Lord. Bottom line of that scripture, basically it's saying that God is God in the valley. He is not just God on the good days. He is not just God when you have a plan and everything is all figured out. He is God in the valley. And I feel like some of us are in a valley tonight. And some of us have lost our faith, have lost our expectancy because we think we only serve a God of the hills. But I'm here to tell you that not only you serve a God of the hills, you serve a God of the valley. You serve a God who is faithful, who is true, who is loving, who is kind and sees you in your darkest hour. He has a new revelation that he wants to present to you in the valley. He has a new part of his character, a new part of his grace, a new part of his peace that he wants to present to you in the valley. And so I want anyone to know tonight who's facing any kind of battle, anyone whose family members are facing any kind of battle, that God wants to show up and give victory on your behalf, and he wants to show you a new side of his grace, a new side of his glory, even in the valley. It's so powerful. He's so faithful. When you don't know how to pay your bills, he's still God. When you can pay your bills, he's still God. When you're going through a divorce, he's still God. When you just got broken up with, he's still God. When you don't know what school you're supposed to go to, he's still God. When you don't think you're going to graduate, he's still God. When you get the report that has bad news on it, he's still God. When it looks like it's not going to turn out, he's still God. What I'm noticing in this life is that so many of us only think that God shows up in the good days. We don't even look for him in the valleys. Because we're waiting for us to have a birthday party or a celebration or a baby shower. That's that's when he's faithful. That's when he's good. That's when he's my redeemer. But he's faithful and good when you're in the fight. He's faithful and good when things don't make sense. He's God of not just the hills, but God of the valleys. Am I with you tonight? Man, that encouraged me. He's also the God. He's still God and he's still faithful when you get fired. He's still faithful when you get rejected. He wants you to lean on him and trust in him and look to him in the valley. The enemy has sold us some bad news and made us some lies. And made us think that we can't call upon the name of the Lord and that he has forgotten us, that God has abandoned us when life hits. So then we're just silent. Then we're just mute. But I'm turning off the mute button tonight. And I'm pressing play and saying God is faithful. God is true. God is with you in the fight. So do not grow weary. At the appointed time, you will reap a harvest. He's not only the God of the valley. He's also the God of the pit. Have you ever been in a pit so deep that you just thought it was over? Have you ever been in a pit in your mindset, a pit in your relationships, a pit where you thought I might as well be left for dead? Joseph was. He was the favorite, had all the favor on his life, had all the dreams, the fancy coat. He was the it boy. And then his brothers got jealous, threw him in a pit. Some of us, I just want to say I'm proud of you for being here tonight. Because some of us have been thrown in a pit by other girls, left for dead, either by bullying, by rejecting us, by lying on us. And I just want to say I'm proud of you for giving it another chance. I'm proud of you for trusting again. I'm proud of you for saying I'm not letting those past relationships define my ability ability to trust women again. I just want you to know that we are trustworthy, that we have your best interest in mind, that you really are loved, valued and believed in. And we really are a group of women who are encouraging each other, who are speaking life to one another, who see dry bones and say, you know what, breakthrough is still coming. The situation may look dead, but my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask think or imagine is this an atmosphere of faith tonight he's the god of the valley he's also the god of the pit and joseph was in the pit left for dead didn't even know he was going to make it to the palace read the story tonight in genesis but here's the deal this it seemed like it was all over it seemed like he was dead but he was rescued out of that pit and through circumstances ended up in a palace and ended up saving the day for his family who actually threw him in the pit and there was a famine in the land, and his family came to him actually for food once Joseph was in the palace. In this, I read the scripture today, and it just ministered to my heart. This is what it said, because if he, he would have never been able to say this, he never would have been to continue on his family had he not been in the pit. What's on the other side of your pit? Who are you supposed to rescue and relieve relief to? So your pit is not just about you. You're getting out, and you're going to know that you're getting out, and then you're going to rescue other women along the way. It says in Genesis 50, 20, you with me in the balcony? You with me on the floor? You with me in Antigua? We love you. Genesis 50, verse 20, NIV. This is Joseph's words to his family. Think about everything that's come against you. Think about the words, the lies the battles, the doubts, the fears, the people who told you you'd never make it, you'd never get into that school, you'd never get past that eating disorder, you'd never get past that bankruptcy, you'd never get past those doubts, you'd never get past that failing marriage, you'd never get past that old mindset, you'd never get past that old patterns. This is our word for them. This is what Joseph said. And he's shouting from heaven. Verse 20. You intended to harm me but god everybody say but god, but god intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done to save many lives what in the world this bible that we read it is alive and it is active you intended it for harm but god flipped the switch and turned it around for his glory and his fame i was raised by a single mom My dad, when he found out that my mom was pregnant, he was in college, and he said, I got to finish school. You're on your own. What was intended for bad, now I'm here today preaching the gospel, raised by a single mom, telling you about the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. What was intended for bad, what was intended for me to be an orphan, I am now a child of God, a daughter of the king. You're a child of God. You're a daughter of the king. So what was intended for your bad, don't dwell on that. Flip the switch and say, God, this is going to turn around for your good. This is good news for somebody. This is good news for somebody who's in a valley. This is good news for somebody who's in a pit. What was meant for harm, those words, just let that marinate in your spirit tonight, is going to be flipped for your good. So many people go through so many battles, but sometimes they just stay on the battlefield. But I'm here to remind you that tonight, God wants victory for you. He's not only God in the valley. He's not only God in the pit with Joseph, he's also God in the fire. I don't know who's in a fire tonight. I don't know whose family members are facing a fire. But there were three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown in the fire for not bowing down to the idols. So the king said, I'm going to turn the fire up. Here's the crazy thing. Sometimes we think because we do good, the fire doesn't come after us. I'm doing all the right things. Fire still comes. We are not exempt from fire. We're not exempt from battles. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the furnace. But guess what? A fourth man was in the fire. And guess what? They made it through the fire. And guess what? They didn't bow. They came out. And guess what? They didn't smell like smoke. That's good news for somebody tonight, that you can go through the fire. You can go through hell and back. And come back, not even smelling like smoke. I know so many of your stories in this room tonight. And so many of you are, all of you are so beautiful. But we have all been through some fire. You meet people in the hallways and sometimes you think, oh, I'm intimidated. I can never be like them. I can never have a marriage like them. You don't know the fire they went through. They have been through some fire. To have a strong marriage, you have to go through fire. To make it on the other side after you've had a miscarriage, but then you have a baby. Don't just ask, how's the baby doing? Say, how did you get through the pain when you first lost the first one? That's what I want to know. Real lives, real stories. We focus so much on the highlight reels, and we don't talk about when people go through the fire and how they got out of the fire and how they don't smell like smoke. That's what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Go with me to Daniel 3, 16 through 18. I love this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king Nebuchadnezzar. Listen to this. This is what he said before he threw them into the fire. Listen to this faith. Listen to this just fierceness in the face of adversity, fierce, strong, trusting in God. This is what they said before the fire. This is good news. If, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, is able to deliver us from it. And he, will, and, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, even if things don't turn out the way I want them to, he's still God. Even if he doesn't meet me in the fire, he's still God. That is a mature, bold faith. And that is the faith that I'm calling out of us tonight. That even if it doesn't work out, He's still God. Even if it doesn't go the way that I planned, that I prayed, that I fasted for, He's still God. I'm going to trust Him, not just on the good days. I'm going to trust Him when it seems like nothing is going right. I love this. He said, But even if He does not, we want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the images of your God that you have set up. He is the God in the valley, He is the God in the pit. And he is the God in the fire. And it is time for us to make that declaration to say, I'm not gonna bow. I'm not gonna yield. Is the heat turning up? Yes. Am I in battles? Yes. Does, do I have days when I feel like giving up? Yes. But he's still God. He's still faithful. And he is still true. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what this message is preparing you for, for what you're about to face. But I pray that these words echo in your heart that he is the God of the valley, that he is the God in the pit, that he is the God in the fire. Because he is more than enough. More than enough. Because, and I'm passionate. And you know why I'm so passionate? Because real life is happening to people. And we need to fill our world with hope, with peace, with grace, and strength. Do we have fun? Yes, we have fun. But we need a word in our mouth when the fire gets turned up. We need someone to say, Don't bow. He hasn't called you back. Don't bow. You're still not married yet. Don't bow by sleeping around. You still don't have the report you want. Don't bow. You're still not getting the grades you want. Don't bow. That's what our anthem should be to each other, that even when it turns up, We're not going to bow. We're going to walk past those magazines that make us feel like we need to look a certain way. We're going to unfollow those Instagram feeds that make us feel insecure. We are not going to bow. Because here's the deal. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. This is a word for us tonight. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. A new thing is coming your way. Stop looking at the past. Stop focusing on the glory days. Stop smelling the sweatshirt that had his cologne on it. Stop listening to the songs that bring back those memories. Can I be real tonight? God is doing something new. Some of us get locked in our patterns. Get locked in our habits. Get locked in our check checklist. And God wants to do something new for you. He wants you to rip up that spreadsheet. Sometimes you got to rip up the checklist and say, God, I embrace the new. Things don't have to be how I plan them. We try to overplan, overcommit, overstrategize our lives, and don't leave room for the Father to whisper something new. And tonight he is saying, I'm whispering something new. I'm raising up a group of daughters who are gonna be known that they're called by God, who are gonna be known that they're not gonna to bow to the world standards, who are gonna be known for speaking life, who are gonna be known for boldness, who are gonna be known for seeing things new. And as I was praying for us as a group of women, and I was praying for the future of us, every year we host a women's conference because we don't want just women in here to know that they're valued, loved, and believed in. We want women all across the world to know that. And so for the past six years, we have rolled out the red carpet. It's very similar to what we do here at Sisterhood, but we rent a theater. We have hors d'oeuvres. We have we just go wild and spoil women. We worship until we cry. We laugh until our stomach hurts. And we declare God's goodness. And what happens? is see uh, women come from all over the world just to sit under the umbrella of God's presence. In this church, all of you help host that, and we are getting ready to do that this fall. And I just want you to get to a place where you're like, God, you're doing a work in my life, but I want to be expectant for the other women that you want to do a work in. You're not just doing a work in this room. You're not just doing a work in Antigua with the beautiful women there. You're doing a work all over the world, and I want to be part of it. So what are we doing? We're getting ready to host a conference. And as I was praying, yes, it's gonna be awesome. And as I've been praying over the last couple years, God has had us on this journey about the seed and how God wants to bring life to the seed. And then we've been studying the fruits of the spirit and get fruit of the spirit and getting into formation and understanding who we are in Christ. And as I was praying over the last two years, God challenged me and said, would you be willing to change the name of your conference? Would you be willing to do something new, even if it's uncomfortable? Would you be willing to go where I'm calling? The season is changing. The wind is beckoning, taking us in another direction. Would you be willing? And I said yes. And so I want to announce to you that we've changed the name of our women's conference to Cultivate Conference. And Cultivate, yes, yes, yes. So excited, so excited. And y'all, we are calling. To cultivate women and cultivate means to promote growth or development. So we want to see women all over the world grow into the women that God called them to be. We don't want to compete against each other. We want to promote growth and development. We want to be known that women that cause harvest to come. We want to be known as women that plant. We want to be known as women that prepare, that raise that teal that take the soil of someone else's lives and say, this soil may be dead, but I'm going to cultivate it with the word of God. I'm going to cultivate it with prayer. I'm going to cultivate it by showing up at the hospital room when nobody else is there. I'm going to cultivate it by texting you when you used to be texted by boys. I'm going to surround you with a bunch of girls that say, you are lovely. You are beautiful. You are believed in. We are going to be known as women that cultivate the All over the world, let's pray. We're gonna pray, and then we're gonna watch our new promo video. Father God, let's stand. I want to pray. Father God, I thank you for the daughters in this house, and I thank you that you are calling us to cultivate. I thank you that all things are passed away, that all things have become new. I thank you that there's a change in. church if you gave your life to jesus today we'd love to know you meet you and hear your story so be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in christ and impact this world love you church